Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. A couple years ago, my dad, uh, Rhonda and I went down and I was visiting with my dad and and he had a ceiling fan that he wanted to put up. And he said, Jeff, would you mind putting this ceiling fan up? Now look at me, look at me. Okay, do I look like an electrician? No. Okay. And so he said, I want you to put this ceiling fan up. So, uh, I, you know, my dad asked me that. I didn't want to tell him I can't do this. So I'm, yes, sir, dad, I can do that. And so his house is, you know, is built in the 70s and the, the wiring or whatever doesn't match everything that's on the back of the ceiling fan. And so, you know, I go up there and it takes me a while. I take the old one down and begin to put the new one back up and I get the little wires and, you know, put them together and, and get it all back together. And I'm ready for that big reveal for my dad and say, dad, I got it. You know, your, your boy did it, you know, kind of thing. And I bring him in there, and, and so I said, here we go, look at that. And, and I flipped the switch that should have turned the fan on, turns the light on. You know, and, it, and so it doesn't work, so, the, so it's not happening. And so again, I take it back down, I redo it again, I put it back up, and I'm ready to do a big reveal to call him back in there and call Rhonda in there. I say, here we go, and I do it again, and now the light works and the fan doesn't work. And so after that happens... Rhonda comes in, and by that time, I'm ticked, okay? I don't want anybody to come in. I'm, I'm mad. It should have worked by now, you know? And, and so I take it back down, and she comes in with her little piece of paper right there called the Instructions of Truth. And she says, well, you know, Jeff, have you thought about maybe? I said, I've thought about it all. I've already done that. She says, well, it says right here. Don't tell me what it says. And finally, after I let my ego go, I listen to her after she reads the instructions and we get the fan right. The problem that we had was this, is that our, the wires were all crossed. And when the wires are crossed, things cannot function the way that they should. Amen, everybody? And many times in our mind, what the devil does is he crosses the wires to where we can't function. We can't live to the potential that we should. You see, that's his tactic. He gets us to, and the way he crosses the wires is gets us to believe lies, things that are not true. You know, we begin uh, with children. It's amazing how that our brain can begin to record pathways of what's right by behaviors. You know, a baby, is, uh, a baby you take a baby that all of a sudden it goes goo-goo and all of a sudden mom goes, <gasps> My baby goo-gooed and she grabbed the baby. You know, she hugged the baby. Well, the baby just learned that when I goo-goo, mom hugs me. And so the baby more goes, goo-goo. And mom goes, oh, I just love, oh, look at him. He's a genius. <laughs> the baby begins to learn those patterns. As the baby grows and the baby touches a hot stove, all of a sudden it's like, ow, and screams and cries because it just learned that it cannot touch a hot stove. And so it doesn't touch a hot stove again because the pathway was created. And then the baby says, I want a sucker, you know? 
I want candy. And the baby doesn't get candy. The parents don't give the baby candy. And so the baby cries and screams, I want candy, I want candy, I want candy. And finally, the parents give him candy. Baby learns that parents are suckers. (laughs) Amen, everybody? And you know what? We still got them. I want candy, I want candy. We call them politicians. I want candy. (laughs) Crying and screaming and yelling, right? And it just happens. Isn't it amazing how, just, just notice that people that are whiners, they, they started a long time ago. They, they got a pattern and said, oh, if I whine long enough, I'll get what I want. And there's a pattern created. Our brain learns those things. And so today as we're talking about winning this war in our minds, I want to tell you the only way to, to defeat a lie is with the truth. And so today I want to, I want to listen, today is going to be so practical meaning that I'm going to teach you something today that I put into practice myself that's helped me, and I believe it's going to help you. And I believe that you're, I believe that you're going to begin to sense a spiritual change in your life and, and that there's going to be more calm in your life and more peace. Even though the world's getting more turbulent, you're going to have more peace because we're going to learn how to do this. So today I want to talk to you about how to fill your mind with the truth, to fill your mind with the truth. The first thing I would like to tell you is this. If we're going to fill our mind with truth, Philippians 4 and 8, Paul writes this to us. He tells us, let me tell you, set this up for you. He's in a jail cell. There's all kind of trouble around him. And so really, he could have, if he would have been a whiner, he would have been writing, why, why has God let me get in jail? I've been preaching the gospel. Why, why, why me? But that's not the message he has. He begins to share this great message. He says, he says this, and now dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, notice that he's writing, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And so he teaches us in this passage a couple of things to do. The first one is this, is that if you wanna win it, the battle, the war in your mind, and you want to defeat the, the lie with the truth, the first thing I would tell you to do is write it. You've got to write it. Write out the truth. If you'll notice in that verse in Philippians 4 and 8 again, would you read those first three words out loud with me? Let's read them. You ready? Come on. Fix your thoughts. That's what he says. He says, fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, and right, pure, lovely, lovely and admirable. Why? Because the devil is a liar and the devil is a father of lies. And so if you don't fix your mind on truth, you'll believe a lie, everybody. Did you hear that? You have, you have to fix your mind. In other words, your mind doesn't automatically go to the truth and it doesn't automatically go to the positive. It automatically goes to the negative. Would you agree with that? It, it's so easy to become a whiner over a winner, isn't it? And, and so I, I want to tell you, so you've got to fix your mind. And, and let me just show you how this works. Uh, if you don't fix your mind, you'll find yourself in trouble. For example, have you ever walked into a room? And when you walked into the room, you saw uh, two of your friends there and you walked up and as soon as you walked up, they stopped talking. Have you ever experienced anything like that? Anybody? Okay, there's two or three of us, I guess. But what, what was your thought immediately? What did you think immediately as soon as you stepped up and they stopped talking? 
That's right, they're talking about me. And so this is the way that, that your reticular activating system works. This is the nervous system within your brain. Matter of fact, it's right where all these systems come together, right up above your spinal cord and your, at your base stem, you got a system that starts working. And it starts putting together facts based on what you've told it. And so you start saying that, you know what, they're talking about me. Then all of a sudden that reticular activating system begins to start looking for evidence of that. And so, so after that conversation, you walk away, then you start noticing that they, they giggle when you come up or when, this, or when you're around, they'll smile or they'll smirk. And all of a sudden, your reticular activating system in your brain is collecting information saying, yeah, they're against you. Yeah, they're talking about you. Yeah, they don't like you. And before you know it, before you know it, you'll get so mad at those two people because in your mind they were talking about you until the point comes to where either you defriend them, right? No, they're no longer your friend. You, you get them off your social media and you don't even want to be around them anymore. You're so mad or either you confront them. And finally, when you confront them, you find out that nobody was talking about you at all. But because you believe the lie, that's what the devil does. Because you believe the lie, all of a sudden your mind begins to build a case against those people who did nothing to you and you stressed out, you lost sleep, you caused all kinds of problems, you caused an argument, you caused all this because of a lie. Are you tracking with me? And so we have to write down the truth or we'll believe the lie. We'll believe the lie. Remember, he said, fix your thoughts, fix your thoughts. Why? Because when you begin to write down the truth and you let your truthful thoughts flow through your fingertips and you can see what you wrote, it's amazing how it changes your life and it changes you. And so I've done this. And, and so here's some things that I've written down that I've had to say to myself for a couple of years. And I have a little three by five card that I remind myself every day of who I am because the devil will lie to me and tell me I'm somebody different. And I wrote, I wrote down these things. I'm a follower of Jesus who brings honor to God. That's who I am. I am a husband who is, who is passionate about his wife. Did you hear that, everybody? I don't go looking for somebody else because I already got somebody. Amen. Okay, yeah, that's all right. I'm a father who loves and communicates with his children. I'm a pastor who loves his people. I, I, that's who I am. I, I, I am a, I'm a pastor who trusts God with his church. I, you know who I am? I, I, am a, I am patient and I don't complain. Every day I tell myself this. You know what? I am responsible. I can choose my response. I am generous. I am a generous person. I am bold. I am God-fearing. I, I, and I am a man of God who does not look at ungodly things. That's who I am. And, every, and I am a person who does good. So every day I ask myself the question, what good can I do today? Amen. I have to remind myself of who I am. If I don't, the world will tell me who I am. It'll be a lie. So I want to challenge you. I have a next step for you. I want to challenge you. It says on your connection card, I will write out my daily declarations. Now, I know what we're trying to do is we're trying to uncross the wires, everybody. Now, I know some of you say, well, that's old school, Pastor Jeff. Okay, well, take out your smartphone and write them out. Not right now. 
But why don't you get home, when you get home, write out your daily declarations. Why don't you put them there on your phone? And then why don't you set a reminder for them to pop up to remind you of who you are? Amen, everybody? See, this seems so simple, but it's life-changing. Why? Because, look, it's taken years for your brain to get like this. Because you believe lies so long, and until you do something drastic, it's never going to change. It's going to look just like this. But when you begin to do that, you begin to, you begin to uh, uh, disc- put the wires where they need to go to correct the wires. You begin to uncross the wires. Okay, so how to fill your mind with the truth? First one, we're going to write it. So let's say it. What are we going to do first, everybody? What are we going to do first, everybody? Write it. We're going to write it. The second thing we're going to do is we're going to think it. We're going to think it. We're going to write it, and we're going to think it. So can you just go ahead and tell me what we're going to do? What's the two things we're going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to write it, and we're going to think it. We're going to write it, and we're going to think it. Let's do it again. We're going to write it, and we're going to think it. We're going to write it and think it. That's what we're going to do. Look what he says in the last part of that verse. Verse 8, I love the, the King James version of this, New King James. He says, if there is anything praiseworthy, what should we do, everybody? Meditate. Meditate on these things. When you think about meditation, I don't know about you, but I used to think about meditation as like, la, 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 la. Then you, do you ever think about it like that? Like, okay, I got to go sit and hum, hmm, weird people, hmm. I don't know about you, but when I read meditation, that's the first thing that pops into my mind is that. Let me tell you, Eastern meditation is all about trying to empty your mind. It's trying to get everything out of your mind. But that's not biblical meditation. Biblical meditation is focusing on God and God's goodness, everybody. See, biblical meditation is not trying to get something out of your mind. It's trying to get something into your mind. Amen? What biblical meditation does, it tries to uncross the wires. And it tries to to get the lies out and get the truth in. And so when you begin to focus on God's Word and on God, all of a sudden it's amazing how that, that He begins to transform your life by meditating on Him. Amen? When you're meditating, when you're thinking about God, when you still yourself and you begin to think about God and His Word, it changes you and it builds faith in your life. Would you agree with that, everybody? You see, if you don't control what you think, then you will never control how you act. (laughs) You you can't keep having that stinking thinking and have a good life. You can't. You, You know, it's what's in you that matters. Listen, you know what, uh, I, I found this out through exercise. I went to the doctor and got a physical at the beginning of the year, and, and they said, you know what, I got my blood work back, and they said, you're a little fat man. <laughs> I said, what do you mean? They said, you're a skinny fat man. I said, what does that mean? They said, your cholesterol's high. I said, how can my cholesterol be high? Because, you know, I, I outrun my cholesterol. I get on that treadmill and I run, I I exercise. And what they told me is that you cannot out-exercise a bad diet. And so they said, so your fat Fridays have been getting too fat. (laughs) Because listen, what's in you, you see, what's in you will determine what comes out of you. Amen, everybody? And so you got to understand, what you put in you is so important. And it will drive your actions. Jesus is our example of this in Matthew 4 and 3. 
Look what Jesus says. Here, let me give you a little background before we read the scripture. Jesus has been being tempted. He just went into the desert. He's been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. He's about to start his earthly ministry. Let me tell you something. Before you start anything, you are to fast and pray. Amen, Amen, everybody. Oh, you think about dating that person, you ought to fast and pray about it. You think about buying that new house, you ought to fast and pray about it. Think about starting a new job, you ought to fast and pray about it. Every decision in your life, you ought to fast and pray about it. That's what Jesus did. Look what it says. So here we go. The tempter came. Did you see that? The tempter came. That's exactly who comes to you. Where did it, where did it happen? Right here. The tempter always comes to you right here. He's going to get right here between your ears. He's going to tempt. The tempter came to him and said, here it is. Would you read these next two words with me? What do you say? If you. Isn't that what he does? Isn't that what the devil does? He tries to get you to doubt everything that God's ever said. And he tries to get you to doubt who you are. He says, if you are. Notice that. If you are. If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on what, everybody? Every word that comes from the mouth of God. Did you hear that? And what I want you to know is this, is that Jesus had, he had already filled his mind and his heart with God's word. So when the tempter came and said, if you really are the son of God, Jesus knew that that if didn't mean nothing to him because he knew who he was and he knew the power of God and he knew the word of God. And Jesus didn't just say, get away from me, Satan. He said, no, he used the word of God on the devil. See, the only way you can ever destroy a lie and tear down a lie is through the word of God. And the only way your brain's ever going to get untangled and get connected to the right channels is that you get the God's word inside of your heart and let it move in you. Amen, everybody. It's God's word. It's God's word. And so Jesus did that. Now, Jesus, after going through that, look what he says to us in John 15 and 7, he says this, if you abide in me and what's these next five words, my words. Oh, did you see that? There's something about it. See, the devil, that's why the devil will do anything to keep you away from the Word of God. That, that's why, you know, this morning, some of you, thank God that you're here. You made it here, but some of you fought the devil like crazy to get here. Some of you, some of you, you got in an argument before you left your house today. It was like, some of you, you know, it was like, oh, no, I don't know if I can do it. But why? Because the devil doesn't want you to hear God's Word. And he certainly don't want you to read God's Word. Amen, everybody? My words abide in you. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. What is he saying? Jesus was saying that when you get into my word, and my word gets into you, and you begin to pray. Remember, it's never about what you're getting out of reading the Bible. It's what's getting in you that matters. Did you hear that, everybody? And when you get in God's word, and God's word gets in you, then you begin to pray. All of a sudden, that reticular activating system goes into play. In other words, where it was on the negative side before when you thought they were talking about you, now that you're talking to God and you're in God's Word and faith is getting in your heart, now when you pray, you start looking for things to begin to happen. 
And that reticular activating system begins to see little things happening that nobody else can see. All of a sudden, you're praying for your children, and it looks like they're never going to come to God. It looks like it's never going to get better. All of a sudden, you'll begin to see that they start changing the way they speak. And it, it may not be anything to anybody else, but because you've been praying and God's Word inside of you, you know that's God working, everybody. Amen? And, and you've been praying about school, and you've been saying, God, I need help with this class. And it seems like that everybody's against me. There's a bully in school, oh God, and I need you to take care of it. And all of a sudden, because you're praying, that reticular activating system goes into awareness. And you begin to see how that all of a sudden that bully doesn't walk down the same hall you walk down anymore, amen? And all of a sudden, you begin to see a change. Why? Because God is working, everybody. And when you're praying about that job and you're saying, God, I need you to give me favor on my job, all of a sudden, you begin to notice how that people begin to talk about you and how people begin to compliment your work. And that means that God is working and he's moving in your life and the Holy Spirit is doing what you cannot do. Amen, everybody. You see, we're raising our expectations of God and we're lowering our expectations of people. When we begin to get in God's word, we say, God, it's you and you alone. And he changes our lives in a powerful way. So what's the two things that we're going to do? We're going to write it and we're going to what? Okay, let's say those two things. What are we going to do? We're going to write it. There you go. We're going to write it and we're going to think it. The third thing that we're going to do to build truth in our lives is that we're going to confess it. We're going to confess it. Remember what we're trying to do, everybody? We're trying to uncross the wires. Because if your wires are crossed, just like when I did that failure at my dad's house, you are never going to have the right result. But when you uncross the wires, all of a sudden you get truth in your life, then you get peace, and God begins to move in a powerful way. We're going to confess it. I love this passage of Scripture because this is one that I confess daily. Psalms 19 and 14, look what it says. May the words of what, everybody? May the words of my mouth, not the words of my pastor's mouth, not the words of my parents' mouth, not the words of my employer's mouth, not the words of my teacher's mouth, not the words of my professor's mouth, but the words of my mouth, everybody. May the words of my mouth and meditation in my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let me tell you something. Confessing is so important. Writing it is important. Thinking it is important. But when you say it, you know, because the devil comes in and you will hear these thoughts in your mind. Sometimes they even sound like your voice. And it just, you know, you hear them inside of your mind and you're talking to yourself in a negative way. But the way that you combat that is that when you verbalize it, when you begin to speak the truth, no matter what's going through your mind, and you speak the truth, and you hear yourself say the truth, all of a sudden you begin to believe the truth. You see, I can tell you one thing, and you say, well, you know, Pastor Jeff, I believe you, but you know what? When you say it to yourself, you really believe it. Amen, everybody? Listen, there is nobody that you believe more than you. And so when you begin to confess it, that's one of the psalmist says, that's one of the psalmist says, may the words of my mouth, not just everybody, it doesn't matter what everybody else says, it matters what I say about me and I confess who I am. Amen, everybody? Amen. 
You see, it begins to change things, the patterns in your mind. We're uncrossing the wires. It's like a, it's like a rut. Here's a picture of a rut. You ever been in a rut? Man, I mean, like you get in a rut on one of these old dirt roads. I grew up in the country and we had old dirt roads. That was sort of like in a field, but we had these old dirt roads. And I remember, you know, uh, my uh, parents driving the vehicle and, and the car sliding into those ruts. And it's just like, you can take your, when you get in a rut, you can take your hand off the wheel, can't you? Because you're not, some of those ruts, we got it. You wasn't getting out until you got to wherever the rut was leading you because you couldn't get out of it. You turned the wheel and the car just slide to keep going forward. And so once you get in a rut, you're just there. And a rut often takes you places that you don't want to go. It's a path that many other people have chosen, but it's a path that if you get in it, it'll take you where you do not want to go. Would you agree with that, everybody? And there's many ruts that get started in our minds. And the way they get started is that we fill our minds with media. You know what? If you, listen, the news media is never good. If it's good, it's not news. Did you hear that? If it's good, it's not. They make their money on enticing you. Notice they always tell the bad stories on the cliffs. Oh, you won't believe three people were killed today. Check us out five to, at, at news at five and news at six and news at seven. It's news every hour, isn't it? Oh, check us in. You know, we're dedicated. We're determined. We're dependable. So check us out. Five people killed. Am I right about that? So news is never good. And what they've done is psychologically proven if they just keep telling us these little tidbits, we'll keep tuning in. We'll keep tuning in. And the problem is, this, is that it's okay to tune into the news and get about 30 minutes of it. But after that, after 30 minutes of it, you're starting to, you're starting to dig a rut. And it becomes addictive, doesn't it? We can't get enough of it. That's why cable news has become so, so popular now. It's because we can't get enough of bad news. And when we keep absorbing bad news, guess what it does to us? All of a sudden, it begins to tear down all the truth of that, that God says, you know, that the whole world's in my hands. And God says that I'm your peace. All of a sudden, we forget all about God. We're like, oh, we're going to kill us. We're going to die. Oh, my God, we're going to die. Oh, if that person gets elected, oh, it's over, we're dead, we're dead, we're dead. That's exactly what we get fed all the time, isn't it? And if you keep absorbing that, there's no way you can have peace. And then social media. You say, Pastor Jeff, do you hate social media? No, I just hate what it does to you. Because again, remember the goal is get you to keep looking. And as you're scrolling down there, if you just pause over one little thing, what happens? All of a sudden, it starts feeding you all that stuff, right? It starts feeding you. It's like the devil has found a great tool, hadn't he, to feed us all the junk. And the bad thing is, is that there's some things that are bad news that are bad for us that draws our attention anyways. It's not that we really like it, but we just see it's there and it gets our attention. And guess what? It gets feeding more bad news and more bad news. And before you know it, that's all you're seeing on your feeds. And, and you begin to become so anxious and weary and stressed out. And listen, you did it, you did it to yourself by watching that junk. Amen. The greatest thing that many of you could do is if you fasted social media for about a week, you'd have a, you'd have a deliverance, amen? Oh, I know. Listen, I, I'm not against social media. I'm just against what it does to you. It's a rut. 
But what we need is a trench. A rut is something we fall into. A trench is something we intentionally dig for good. When we have a trench, we dig a new trench, a new path, so that water can flow, blessing can flow. And what we're doing, what we're doing is we're uncrossing the wire when we dig a trench. And that's what I'm trying to tell you that it's all about today, that when we write it and when we think it and we confess it, all of a sudden we're digging a new trench because we write it and we think it and we confess it until we believe it, everybody. We write it, we think it, we confess it until we believe it. We write it, we think it, we confess it until we believe it. We write it and we think it and we confess it until we believe it, everybody. Amen. Paul, when he left verse 8, he went down to verse 13. And this is what he said. He said, I can. Here it is. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What was he doing? He was making a declaration. He wrote it down. He wrote it. He thought it and he declared it. He confessed it until he believed it. And that's what our, that's what our, I am a Christian statements are all about. The reason I gave these to you last year is because, listen, it's what come out of my life. When all hell was breaking loose around us, I had determined who I am and I said, God, I'm a Christian. I'm a, that's who I am. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. And I know that when I connect with God daily through prayer, I feel the Spirit's power. And when I get in God's Word and I grow by reading God's Word and by gathering God's people, I'm energized. And when I get out and I say, when everybody else is doing bad and I do good and I serve my church and my community, it changes me. And, and when I share my faith, when I share my faith and my resources generously, it does something to me. And you know what I get? I get an opportunity for a better life because hell is mad because I'm on fire for God when I do those things. Amen. That's why I gave them to you. Every day, we write it, we think it, we confess it until I believe it. Would you say that with me? Let's say it. Write it, think it, confess it until I believe it. Write it, think it, confess it until I believe it. Write it, think it, confess it until I believe it. Write it, think it, confess it until I believe it. Write it. Think it, confess it until I believe it. Write it, think it, confess it until I believe it. Amen. Let me tell you something today before we sing this song. And this song is called, This is How I Fight My Battles, because this is how we do it. How do we fight our battles? We write it, we think it, we confess it until I believe it. How do we fight our battles, everybody? How do we fight our battles? I want you to know this day, I want to tell you who you are. Today, if you come in here and you say, you know what, I'm a nobody, you're a liar. If you're in Jesus Christ, you are somebody. That's a lie that's going through your mind. You're not a liar, that liar is talking to you. But you're somebody, you are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. I want you to know that, amen? I want you to know today that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I want you to know that God be for you, who can be against you, everybody? 
I want you to know that it's not by might nor by power, but by His Spirit that He's with you, everybody. I want you to know that God is for you. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is for you and that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, everybody. Amen? I want you, you are somebody in Jesus Christ. You're not a nobody. You're a somebody. And you're greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. There is nothing. There is no height, nor depth, nor anything present, nor anything to come that can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You are somebody. You are somebody. Come on, would you stand with me, everybody? I want to pray for you. And today, if you're not a Christ follower today, we want to invite you in to to untangling the mess that's in your mind that you can have the truth of God's Word. Amen? Amen. How are we going to fight our battles, everybody? Let me help you out. Write it, think it, confess it until I believe it. How are we going to fight our battles? Heavenly Father, right now, in the name of your Son, Jesus, I'm asking you, Father, that you would reach down your hand And God, today, that what's been talked about will be implemented. Lord, I can't do it for everybody. I want to, but I can't. God, it's up to you what they do with this. Lord, if they would write it and they will think it and they will confess it until they believe it, all of a sudden, the wires will get in the right place. And all of a sudden, they'll have the peace that they desire and the power of the Spirit. Lord, if there's someone here today that does not know you, I pray that they would say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life and save me right now in Jesus' name. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.